Welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all the parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who've been there. Let's get started. On today's episode, I'm talking with my friends, Randy and Michelle. Now, I want you to hear from them because they both worked outside of the home with pretty demanding jobs as they raised their two boys who are now adults. But every time I chat with Randy and Michelle about the decisions they made um, and their experiences around parenting, I think to myself, okay, file that away and remember it for yourself. So I hope you gain something from this. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you guys is I feel like both of y'all have, you know, when you were raising young kids, high stress, demanding jobs. And I wanted to go back to early days, like either when y'all were dating or newly married and you're processing like, okay, we're going to have kids. Did y'all have a conversation about continuing to both work outside the home or did it just happen? No, we actually, and I'll let, I'll let Michelle say something about it too, but we actually started having these conversations while we were dating and we were seriously talking about our relationship progressing and moving toward potential marriage. We were having these conversations at that point in time. And part of it had to do with the area of vocation that I was choosing. I right. was, I was, I had a passion for working with students and wanted to have an impact on them and was choose was choosing initially between um, moving from computer information systems to choosing to work with students and was choosing between student ministry and teaching and coaching. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that in either one of those realms, and decided on the teaching and coaching because not everybody has to go to church, but everybody's got to go to school. So yeah. I thought I might have a, a broader, broader range. Yeah. And uh, so in choosing that and us having conversations about our relationship continuing where it went, we had those conversations about what that would look like and what might need to be the case based on the vocation and where I felt like my calling was. Right. What about you, Michelle? What did you feel called to? Like, what did you feel? You know, I grew up in a home where my mom, my mom's primary role was homemaker. Um, and she was a phenomenal homemaker. And mm-hmm. so to me, a successful wife and successful mother look like being in the home mm-hmm. and um, really creating a wonderful place to call home. Um, but I was very committed to our relationship and very committed to doing everything that I needed to do to help support his calling um, and support our family, whatever that looked like going forward. So, you know, pre-marriage and pre-children, we didn't really know what that would look like. Right. But I do remember being um, actually in Randy's hometown, sitting out in front of his house, talking about what it would look like if we proceeded with an engagement and marriage and, and what would what would home look like for us. Yeah. And I, I realized and remember um, well, knowing that it very well may look very different than my growing up would. Yeah. And that was something yeah. that I was 100% okay with and was able to communicate to my own family when the time came. And so that was that was pretty big in our marriage. Yeah, so good. You know, you can't see the future. I wonder like how communicating your expectations helps you navigate when you get into it. I think it absolutely helps. First of all, it helps you be much more open-minded mm-hmm. and it helps, I think, in what your vision might have looked like. 
as things come to fruition and as things change and as the journey changes a little bit, I think if you've communicated a willingness to mm-hmm. be flexible and a willingness to adapt to whatever comes your way, right? Um, and a faith in in you know God's plan over our own, then it's easier to flex to whatever that looks like. And yeah. we had a lot of twists and turns along the way. Yeah, you started working in. A big accounting firm. I did. Right? Mm-hmm. I moved to Dallas after graduating. Randy was already here and working for the Richardson School District. And I moved to Dallas and worked for KPMG in recruiting. And my job required travel to all the campuses to do college recruiting. So that was my job. Yeah. It seems like demanding and that sort of work. It's it's a lot of hours. It was. It's a lot, it was of, a lot of hours. And it was a lot of, tra- it was a lot of travel. Yeah. Certain seasons, which... You know, pre-children was okay because Randy's job was pretty demanding as well. Right. Um, And so we balanced that pretty well. My travel wasn't but a couple of nights a week Mm -hmm. um, during certain seasons, the fall and the winter. It was pretty normal. So then um, Jet came along. And did you continue in that position? I did. I continued to work for KPMG. And I worked um, through really, um, the I guess, the second year of his life. Um, and at that point, everything really changed for us. Yeah. So talk about that. So Randy was in education, um, teaching and coaching, and I was with the firm and traveling a lot and doing a lot of the campus interviewing um, for all new hires that came to the firm. And Jet was very well situated in an incredible little daycare program through a fabulous church. And um, he became very ill mm-hmm. and was diagnosed with leukemia. And during that time, it was just very, very difficult. He was in and out of the hospital 52 times in one year. Yeah. And it, it just was very difficult to continue to do the job that the firm needed me to do yeah. and still care for a very, very ill child. Yeah. The firm was fantastic for me. They set an office up for me at home to try to really maneuver through that period of time. And I did that for a little bit. But very soon, I had to make a pretty big decision and, and figure out what I what I could do and what I needed to do to be a mom first and care for a child that was sick, but also, you know, support our family and help right. Randy support our family right. uh, and support him in that process. I, I just think that's crazy to think about having a son that's sick and all the demands of that and then starting a new job, which starting a new job it just is, there's learning curves and all kinds of things. How would you say you navigated that pressure? You know, Randy and I talked and and felt that um, that the pressure that the the firm or, or my my particular boss at the time was putting on me to be all of those places that were not local right. was more pressure than I would have in this new situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that a, a change was necessary because his job was becoming more demanding from a coaching perspective. Yeah. And that was really his calling. And I felt called to help people, but I yes. felt equally called to be at home and be a mother and be in town. Yeah. And that that calling for me was of higher priority than um, than staying with the firm. Yeah. One of the things that I think I talk with my friends about this is that when we're called to be moms, we feel this pull to care for our children. And I don't know that it's different the way that that dads feel. Would you agree? Like if if my son is sick with a cold 
or a fever, much less, you know, cancer. Like, I feel this pull to be to be the caretaker. Like, I can't be at work. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. I think uh, I think I, I'm very caring and loving, and I yes. love love our boys. But I think there's just something. There is a different pull. I think from Michelle feeling even a greater sense of care for them, yeah, and really wanting to be the one, if at all possible. And we and this goes back to us sharing sharing some of that load when yeah. when Jet got got really sick um we would typically alternate days if he yeah. got sick Michelle might spend the first day and then I would spend the second day and then she would spend the third day and we would kind of alternate days cuz both of us had jobs that required us to be there and yeah. work but because of her changing her role and what she did, she had had greater flexibility with that, yeah. even though stress came with that flexibility as well. But uh, yeah, she's she's always wanted to be the first one, probably, yeah, to take care of someone when they're ill. And then I would come in and help and relieve her, and we would, right. we would kind of balance that. It's a shared responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's something I've seen in y'all. You know, I wasn't close in y'all's life when Jet was sick, but later on in life, it's something I see a lot in you guys is how y'all support each other in each other's work. Talk to me about that. What does that mean for you to be able to support Randy and vice versa? What does that look like? One of the greatest joys I think of of our married life has been being a coach's wife mm-hmm. and um loving on the players that he's coached and watching them grow into fine, incredible young men um, and, and really investing in, in their life and in yeah. their development. And, and outside of my own children, nothing has brought me more joy. Yeah. Um, is it stressful? Absolutely. Is it difficult? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are the hours really, really long and hard? Yeah. Yes. And they were really long and hard early on for our kids mm-hmm. because Randy, I mean, there were seasons that, uh, you know, of the year where he would be working seven days a week and yeah. our boys wouldn't see him in normal times. They would see him a little bit in the morning or a little bit at night and and some on the weekend and they kind of forgot, you know, yeah. so it would hurt Randy's feelings when he would finally be home for a period, longer periods of time. And the boys would walk right by him. He can tell you those <laughs> stories, walk right by him and go straight to ask me the question. Oh, and yeah. he's, he's sitting there going, hello. Hey, I'm right here. Yeah, I'm right, I'm, I'm right here. That's a question. That's a question I think I could have answered. So. But they get used to. They oh, do. For sure. and, and they were sure. little and young. Yeah. Um, but. But I loved being at all the ball games. I loved being able to to go up and and see him, you know, during the day or at the end of the day. And and certainly the boys and I w- would be the first people to greet him off the field, win or lose. Yeah. So yeah. that was important to me. It was important to me to be everywhere he was. Yeah. Um, to the extent that I could be. Right. What about what would you say it looked like for you, Randy, to support Michelle and her work? I think. That's much more like at the end of it, at the end of a long day, maybe. And we would both be at home and 
something may have happened with her work and just just listening a lot of times, just listening to things that had gone on with her work, things that were giving her stress, uh, offering my opinion sometimes and probably more often times when it wasn't really asked for. <laughs> And then trying to figure out, okay, am I? Do I just need to listen, yeah, yeah, or yeah. do you want me to fix something? <laughs> um, uh, but but really being more a listener, a supporter, an encourager, and a cheerleader for her yeah. in what she was doing, and continue to build her up with the uh, with the gifts that God's given her toward yeah. what she's doing and how how what she's doing is just as much of a calling as far as impacting lives. Yeah. As what I was doing working with students. Yeah. I wonder, and I'll ask Jet and Connor this, but like that had to have had an impact on them to see their parents support each other. Yeah, I think so. And and see so. the sac you mean maybe in their, you know, little eight-year-old minds or whatever, they didn't realize it was a sacrifice. But both of you made sacrifices for each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to serve each other and love each other and support each other. And I wonder, you know, how's, how that plays out in their lives today, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I, I do think that they feel and know that we made choices to be present in their lives uh -huh. and, pr and, and really physically present right. for the things that, that were important to them, right. for sports, for their musical endeavors for, um, you know, field trips. Randy went on as many field trips as I did. Mm -hmm. We we just we swapped. We you know we switched switched out. That was important to both of us. Right. And and I I did make choices in terms of of career so that I could be more available. I, my greatest desire was to be a really good mom and a really good wife. And my yeah. job was important, but it was not more important to me. Than, than being a good mother and being a good wife. Right. And so I worked really hard to figure out how to use that time and use the gifts that God gave me to to do a job right. and do a job well that allowed me the freedom um, and flexibility to, you know, to be there for the kids. And I realized that's, that's not everyone's option. I, I know that. And I grieve for those who, who don't have that option. But when there is the option to do so, I just think the Lord rewards that in all kinds of other ways. Right. But I'll, I'll say this also as, as a, for an encouragement to parents that you're not going to get the positive strokes and the positive feedback from your kids while you're making sacrifices and doing things. <laughs> Amen. And, no. And going, and They're going, not tell you. they might tell you, they might tell you, I'm glad you went on the field trip. Maybe. Right. But they might totally, they might be glad, but might totally forget. To, to thank you. They also they, might not they, want you there. No, exactly. In no. the moment. You're going to be there. Yeah. But, but those, I think the gratification you get will more so come from years later when they're able to reflect back and say, you know, I, I am really glad when I think back to growing I'm really glad that I knew every time I was up on the stage or on the field or anywhere that I could look out and I could find you and you would be there supporting me. Exactly. And But they're not going to tell you part of it as they get older, um, like junior high, high school. They're not going to tell you because of pride, number one, probably. Um, 
But when they're younger, they just have too many things going on. So you're not going to get that gratification while you're making those sacrifices and doing that things right. as often as maybe you feel like you would like. So encouragement that it is appreciated, it is it, it does make a huge difference. Yes. No, that's so good. That's really good. Randy, you've talked to me about like how with, with our work, there are seasons of busyness. There are seasons where you have more demands and there are times where you have to say, no, I can't be there. I can't do that. So talk to me about those feelings and how you kind of guarded or, or created boundaries around your time or, or things you decided to do like, okay, this is a slow season. So this is how I'm going to make this meaningful. When it's a slow season with work, you make it a point to make sure you're at everything that's going on in their lives and games, performances, um, just just being around. I think during the busy times, you do everything you still can. Part of that, I mean, everybody's got somebody they're accountable to in work. Yeah. So hopefully you're you're working with and for someone who gives you some flexibility and that values family that in some of your work, they can say like for me, for instance, uh, with coaching football in the fall, it was really busy for, you know, 12 weeks or more, depending on the year, seven days a week, um, different hours. But on Saturdays when the boys were young and they were playing soccer depending on what time their game was and once our athletes had come and were gone, then I could scoot out and go catch some of their soccer games, see them, cheer for them, make sure they saw me, give them a hug, and then run right back up to work to finish out work. Yeah. So you kind of take those opportunities to run and do this and support them and be there and then go back to work. And and the the whole idea of... Working hard while you're at work, but not just up there to spend time to say you're up there a long time. That doesn't do anything. doesn't do really anything. That is so good. Like, use your time wisely and don't just sit up at work to be at work. Would you say anything about the seasons and, you know, like... I know summer, how Mm -hmm. y'all would take like family vacations and those would be meaningful. And family time was sacred to us. Sundays were sacred. Randy never sacrificed that. That was always a priority. And so we always went to church together when the boys were little and all through, all through school, uh, regardless. And Mm -hmm. Randy went in the afternoons and worked as long as he needed to um, during those days. But, but also summers were really, really special because um, during the weeks that Randy had off, we would absolutely get out of town, get away, and get a ta- get out of, of town away, just the four of us. Yeah. Um, or with our with our parents, and that was really important. So we learned and valued leaning on one another. Mm-hmm. And so um, our children never took friends on vacation. We didn't vacation with other families. We just vacationed with the four of us. Right. And I think it has continued to make the bond that that our boys share. Yeah. Very, very strong. I think it makes our our family unit very strong. And it's just been something that's been really important to us. Right. Those were important things to prioritize. Yeah. When we, when we were able to get away, whether it's a close location or a farther location, didn't matter. But it was very intentional. Just our family 
and away from all distractions. Right. So we could really even focus yeah. more just on being together. Yeah. Would you say it was more challenging to be working outside the home when they were really little or when they were teenagers or just different challenges? Me personally, I would say it was more challenging probably when they were little mm-hmm. because just they were more needy mm-hmm. at that time. There was different transportation. There was a lot of transportation when they were junior high and early high school <laughs> maybe as well with things going yeah. on. So we would have to coordinate our our work schedules and their schedules and transportation and who would take them to school in the morning? Who would pick them up after school based on what we both had going on? And usually, to be honest, usually it was dependent on my schedule of, of when I had practice. Would y'all have like weekly family meetings or just conversation? Like how did that logistically work? Probably just conversations. Okay. Okay. We weren't big. We aren't. We weren't big family meeting people okay. so much. I mean, we but we definitely all all talked, right? Um, but more ongoing, right? And I think I would agree with I would agree with Randy. I do remember when when each when each of the boys began to drive and drive themselves. I I remember grieving over that because some of the sweetest and greatest time for me was in the car with each of them, both together but individually. Yeah. Um. And that's just time you you can't you can't get back once yeah. it's passed. And yeah. so, um, while it was challenging to figure out who was gonna what the schedule looked like each week. And maybe each day, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, those are really, really sweet moments in the car to and from school, to and from home. Yeah. Um, that I just, you know, you you gain so much and you learn so much about your kid that way. Yeah. Yeah. And what makes them unique. Well, that's great. Okay. Any last tidbits of wisdom or good story or anything? I, I don't know. I just think be a good listener. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I was such a great advisor. <laughs> I, off- I offered probably more advice um, sometimes than yeah. I listened. And Aww. I would listen. To your boys, to, to Randy, boys. to the boys. To my okay. boys. Yeah. yeah. I would listen. I just would listen differently maybe. Yeah. Versus be so quick to offer my thought. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and she's she's probably more critical. Just like a lot of people are kind of more critical of themselves than for sure than they necessarily need to be. Yeah. But because Michelle's a great listener, but uh, she's also very intuitive. So um, take those opportunities to listen. Take those opportunities to start conversations. Um, try to ask your kids questions that require something more than a yes or no answer. <laughs> Because yeah. if you ask them a question that requires a yes or no answer, nine times out of ten, unless they just like to talk a lot, then the answer is going to be yes or no, or how was your day, and it's going to be fine. And that's what you're going to get. <laughs> with so, boys. With, yeah. yeah, with boys yeah. especially. So try to find ways to ask questions that require a more detailed um and know that no two kids are the same. Yeah. They they all process things differently. Yeah. Um, some need more time to think about something before they want to talk about something. And the some are ready to jump in right away and do it. But don't, I would say, don't let that shy, 
make you shy away from asking questions and top talking and building the relationships while you've got them in the house, while you've got them in right. the car for carpool or things like right. that. Because like Michelle said, those times those times will change and then there's a there's a break in some of those opportunities you have because let's say they're driving themselves now. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have yeah. Well, you guys have the perspective that I don't, that like, I'm like, when will this end, you know? Like, this is a lot, all, you know, and y'all have the perspective that it, it won't last forever. Like it, there comes a time where they're not asking you a million questions and needing all of these things from you. And And the most important gift I think that, that we can give them is is knowing that they are loved. Yeah. Because that frees them to be who God created them to be. Yeah. One thing that was profoundly clear to me from that conversation was that God uniquely called and equipped Randy and Michelle to be married to each other and to be the parents of their boys. I don't know about you, but I remember coming home with my first baby. And getting in the car at the hospital and thinking to myself, um, can I do this? And how in the world will I know what to do? I don't know if y'all had that same experience, but I definitely did. And while there are days today, almost seven years later, where that question might still float around in my head, there is an underlying confidence that yes... I can do this and I will know what to do because God has uniquely equipped me to be the mom to my two boys. And he has given me the exact community of people that I need to raise them. And I heard that truth in Randy and Michelle's story. And I hope that you feel encouraged by that too, you guys. You are perfectly equipped to parent your children the way that God wants you to parent them. Okay, get excited because the next episode, we get to hear from their sons. It's super good. I hope you found something that you can relate to from today's conversation. And thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or just want more tips for parents, let me know at ilassiter at fbrichardson.org. I'd love to talk with you. See you next time on the Four Parents Podcast.